One study found that prior to the pandemic, the average adult spent approximately 12.24 hours a day in front of digital media. Since the pandemic, that number has jumped up to over 16 hours a day, meaning that the average adult has multiple pieces of digital media in front of them running consecutively. Like you might be listening to this podcast while having your laptop open. And if that takes place over the next hour, that would equate to two hours total, even though it only took place one hour in the day. Now, as a result of that research, they also found that small businesses increased their digital ad spend in 2020 by approximately 38% and largely via social media. Now I want to think about your own investments in digital marketing and brand awareness, either for you personally, or if you're representing the agency, your agency or organization. How has your digital marketing practices transformed since the age of COVID? Have you invested financially in digital marketing? Have you brought on new team members to help build that brand awareness? These are the types of questions that I explore with my guest today, Lucas Hendricks. And for those that do not know who Lucas is, Lucas is the CEO of an organization called Lift Local. Lift Local is a really wonderful digital marketing organization specializing in the insurance industry. So Lucas is probably one of the best people I know to answer some of my questions around what it means to actually digitize your brand. Why are Google reviews so important today and perhaps why they will be so impactful tomorrow as technology continues to uh, change and become more ingrained in our day-to-day lives? How can we build our website so that it's more appealing to our target audience and why is that important? Why is social media content so important and how do we actually leverage it so that we get a solid ROI? All of these key questions get addressed today. So I want to dive right into today's conversation. Here is my productive interview with Lucas. Welcome to the Beyond Insurance Podcast, a show dedicated to helping insurance industry professionals capture unrealized potential. That is what you are capable of becoming. Each episode, your host, Matt O'Neill, will bring you the leaders of this risk revolution. Thanks for joining us today. Now, let the show begin. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me today on the Beyond Insurance podcast. How are you? Great. Great to be here, Matt. Love it. Excited to chat with you. Excellent. Well, Lucas, you know, I'm a huge fan of you and the Lyft local team as we were just speaking about, but I'm sure there's got to be a few people out there that might be saying, who is Lucas? Who is uh, Lyft local? So for those that may not know who you are and what your team does for the industry, why don't you give us a little bit of background on you and Lyft local? Of course. Yeah. So I'm the CEO and uh, founder of Lift Local. We started about six years ago, got into the marketplace uh, to help insurance agents uh, build and develop strong marketing strategies that produce uh, visible and clear returns on investment. And a, a big part of our initial strategy when we started was helping agents get more reviews online. You know, we came in to this business at a time when the average insurance agent on Google had two reviews. Uh, and so we felt like there was a big opportunity to market and got started and started out in the captive uh, market, worked with a ton of Allstate and Farmers, State Farm guys, and then branched out into the independent world and have, have been doing a lot of work in both uh, arenas since then. But 
um, between helping agents with reviews, helping them improve their visibility on social media, on Google, and then also helping develop and implement some strategies to engage customers for cross-selling, uh, for feedback, uh, and then nurturing old churned customers and helping agents recapture some of those old clients. All of those are kind of part of the high-level strategies that we want to not only talk about, um, but actually implement on our end and provide that service to the agent in a way that they don't necessarily have to get super involved because we know that they they have a ton of time constraints. So, And this is what I think is going to make this conversation so interesting. Uh, when I spend my time working with agency leaders, I, I still feel like there is a... Uh, a lack of understanding of really what the impact is of like digital marketing, social media. I think everyone knows that there is value there, but you guys really specialize in helping an organization get found online. So for those agency leaders or maybe even agents that are listening today to this podcast, how might you describe the impact or the ROI of something like social media, map optimization, setting up your Google page? Um, what, it, what impact is that going to have on the agency's ability to grow? Yeah, great question, Matt. I think the first item of uh, discussion with that, just briefly, is where are your prospective customers, right? And if you think about that first, then it starts to make sense on where you go to market, right? So if we think about the average consumer that is interested in, that has buying intent, that wants to get insurance, where are they? Right, and that's kind of step one. And when we look at some of the power of platforms like Facebook or the power of platforms like Google and the uses of those platforms to the consumer, it starts to make a lot more sense why we as an insurance agent or why you as an insurance agent should start really strategizing around, okay, this is where the people are. How do I get in front of them? And not only where they are, but where they're going to look for insurance. So I think that's the next conversation because we get agents all the time. Should I be on TikTok? You know, should I be on Snapchat? And those are great platforms and they have massive user bases and large audiences. But you also have to think about what is the user doing on that platform? What is their intent mm -hmm. in being on that platform? And users, for example, who go to Google, their intent is to seek something out, right? Google is a search engine, meaning they're searching for something, right? Whereas platforms like TikTok, they're not necessarily always searching. They may be going to just kind of veg out, take a break, get entertained, right? And so sometimes, you know, those platforms are don't always make the most sense for trying to sell insurance and market and advertise insurance. So, yeah, I think that thinking about that from a strategic standpoint, say where are consumers going that want to buy insurance, that are interested in insurance, that will engage with content around insurance. And the reason we specialize in Google, right, and in social media platforms like Facebook or LinkedIn is we know that that's where most consumers who have an interest or are actively seeking insurance, that's where they're willing to engage uh, with that content and then take some kind of action towards, towards buying. Yeah, I love it. So it's essentially understanding where your customers are and meeting them where they are, as opposed to trying to drag them to your, your website. Now, I, I do want to touch on something that you spoke about, and that is Google, right? People are there with the intent of searching for something. When I believe many marketers or agency leaders or whoever would be responsible for the, the advertising and the communications of the organization online 
uh, a lot of the conversation happens to be around social media, as you said. It might be things like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, you know, you even get. I've gotten the similar questions: Should I be on TikTok? But you mentioned Google. How can Google and Google reviews really drive brand awareness for an organization? Yeah, I think that Google has done a phenomenal job over the last even year or two of creating a better platform for information sharing, for clarity in content, for engagement with content. Uh, so take, for example, Google Posts, mm -hmm. which Google released uh, within, you know, they've always kind of had this posting feature, but they've kind of changed it over time. And it's become more and more uh, valuable over the last year, especially with ranking, but we can kind of get into that. And what, what, would, what would a Google post be just for someone who may not have even heard of that term? Yeah, great question. It, it's very similar to a social post on Facebook or okay. LinkedIn, right? It's content that you're creating and then you're posting that uh, to your actual Google business profile. Uh, so that means, that means if someone were to search for, um, you know, Hendrix agency, they're going to see your agency as well as some content as well. Is that correct? Like right on the correct. first page of Google? Yeah. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's been interesting to see Google as it's added features and components to the Google business page. Uh, it's really replicated a lot of the traditional concept and content strategies that have existed on a website. So chat features, uh, blogs, right? The, the Google post kind of helps, it, it kind of mirrors that function of a blog on a website, right? Product tiles which mirrors the function of a services section on your website where you list all of the policy types that you have and what they are and how they work, right? So Google has been really working to help businesses in our sector, in the insurance sector, to create a platform where consumers can ingest all of the information they would need to make a purchasing decision outside of a website. Wow. Right. And, and so I think that, that kind of goes back a lot of days. We need a good website. Well, you can have the greatest website in the world, but Google's going to naturally favor their platform over your website. And so if you've really optimized your page on Google to take advantage of all their features, they like that. Consumers can engage with that easily and uh, you're going to win. You're going to mm -hmm. see success there. So, yeah. And it should be every agency's job to try and get on that first page of Google. So if they're giving you these free resources to get there, it, it almost feels like a no-brainer as to why you wouldn't do it. And it, it's interesting as you talk about this, I think about all the different social media platforms, and it's almost like Google is creating their own social media platform for these organizations. Now, I, I, I can see the value in creating a Google review page for uh, let's say a local agency so that I'm, I'm based here in Philadelphia. If someone were to search for insurance in Philadelphia and O'Neill Insurance happened to fill out their whole Google review page, I would pop up and that's important. And I can see how I would imagine reviews is also going to help me populate on top of or higher up on the first page of Google. Is this type of strategy just as effective for agencies who might be working with clients nationally? Because I imagine with COVID, the opportunity to market yourself as a business development professional in this industry your your marketplace has, has substantially grown because COVID has made us all understand how to go more digital and do prospect research on organizations that may not have been in our traditional footprint. Is this still effective? 
Yeah, great question, Matt. What you do on Google and other platforms online certainly has an effect on local search results, but also not necessarily directly on a national search result. Like to your point, Matt, if I'm in Utah, right? And if I go search for insurance agent on Google and I type in that phrase, it's unlikely that an agent in Philadelphia is going to pull into my search result. However, I think that the, the work that you put in to building your brand, to creating content, to getting reviews, uh, that has an impact on what we call a direct search. So especially in the commercial world, which is more often targeting an, at a national level, mm-hmm. right? So these there's just a smaller market. If you're trying to write workers' comp policies, there's a smaller market in your local demographic of your physical location for that than kind of expanding out statewide or even national. And so commercial is where we see this more often, where commercial uh, type agencies that are really focused on writing that, they do have to create a national strategy mm-hmm. because the market's too small locally for them to be successful. And so in that kind of a setting, oftentimes, and, and most commercial agents will tell you this, word of mouth. That's how we get clients, right? We, you know, we have a, a business that we service and they recommend us to another business. That, you know, And so in those scenarios, what's called direct search becomes highly relevant because if I'm a business owner and I'm asking a friend of mine who's also a business owner, or I'm at a BNI group or I'm at a conference and I'm saying, what do you guys do you know, for marketing, right? Or in this case, this use case, like who do you use for insurance, mm-hmm. right? And, and my fellow business owner says, oh, we use beyond insurance, right? And the very first thing I'm going to do, because even the chances that he's got a contact on him right then is, is low, right? Like, oh, here, here's all the information, right? I'm at dinner with him. He's like, oh, he's beyond insurance. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to Google beyond insurance. This is called mm-hmm. a direct search, right? Where I look for you by your name. And in that instance, optimizing your business on Google will ensure that one, Google pulls you up when someone searches for Beyond Insurance and all of your contents there, mm-hmm. your, your website, your LinkedIn page, your Facebook page, any other pages that you're listed on with carriers or whatever. And then most importantly, your Google My Business profile. And now we're talking about a conversion strategy. It's less about getting visible when someone in their local area is searching for a worker's comp provider, right? And it's more about when this word of mouth situation is taking place at a national level and they go search you, what do they see, right? And and I call that your business's online identity, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of the things we're talking about with optimizing your Google profile, your online platforms, all of that has kind of this strong value in a direct search as well when someone goes and searches you because I've been in that situation where someone refers a business to me and I go look them up and they've got bad reviews like 30 bad reviews Mm -hmm. with a 2.2 star rating and all of a sudden my friend's referral doesn't even matter to me Mm because he or she's just one person but 25 people said they're crappy right Mm -hmm. and so there's kind of this validation and this credibility component to building that out that's going to impact these direct searches in this reference scenario where people are going to go do research before they call you even if they're recommended to you and in that scenario having good content having a a strong brand having reviews is going to have an impact at the national level 
Yeah, I can see that exactly. There's more, there's more power in the consumer's hands today that they can do research and they may be making that entire buying decision before they even engage with your business development team. Uh, I could almost see if, if you work in a specific niche or a specific industry to make sure that you have posts related to that industry or risk, right? So if you're working in, um, you know, you work in healthcare and you're, you're writing hospitals, you want to make sure you have content around hospitals so that when that other executive team member that ha- received the referral does research on your agency, they see that there's posts on Google before they even get to your website that you have content around hospitals and that you are that unique trusted advisor to an organization of that size. So I can definitely see the value here for both a local and uh, national agency. Yeah, Matt, I love that you hit on that because it, it goes for the consumer, right? When you're talking about, they, they can see that content and then they, they feel like you know what you're talking about and you're an authority in that. That also dramatically affects Google's perception of you, right? So if you're posting content every week about say workers' comp insurance, now Google has that as kind of a strong reference point that you are now perceived in their eyes as an authority mm-hmm. in that topic, right? And that impacts how likely you are to pull in a search result when someone searches for workers' comp insurance or auto insurance or classic car insurance if you're on you know, the PNC side. If you've got posts about that last week, and it's interesting because Google actually a few months ago, they were kind of doing some beta e, and they were pulling the content from the posts that were relevant to the keyword search into the top of the Google My Business wow. profile. So if I went and searched classic car insurance and I see the top three search results, these three different agencies, and I would see that top result, just a tagline right under their, their profile highlight view where it says, classic car insurance or whatever their content was that they had posted about it. So from a relevant standpoint, you know, Google optimization is not just about getting to the top. It's about getting to the top for what you want. Wow. That is, that is wild. The riches are in the niches. Yeah, it it really, and and if you can post and you can create content and you can push that, Google's going to know you do that. Consumers are going to know you do that. And Google's going to start seeing you as an authority of that if you're consistently publishing good content around Mm -hmm. it. Excellent. And so let's talk about, and, and this kind of ties into publishing. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the other social media platforms. A common question, what is working today in social media? How do I get an ROI? How do I get my brand out there? And, and how do I essentially drive revenue uh, from these social media posts? You work with a bunch of different agencies. What are you seeing out there that's working or, or not working? Or maybe what's a common mistake even that agencies are doing when it comes to social media? Yeah, that's great. I think one of the, the, the big challenges, Matt, is not really having a strategy. And strategy is a critical part of being successful on a platform like Facebook, for example. And, and I'll give you an example of that. We see agents who understand that they need to post content. And a lot of them even have some good, creative, fun, engaging content. And a lot of them are good at switching up their content. So one day they post an article relevant to an insurance product that they offer. The next day they say, you know, happy fall, right? The next day they might do an engaging question, like what's your biggest pet peeve in drivers, right? And and they may have a really strong content strategy, but they have no following. And so you can have the best content in the world, 
But if nobody sees it, it's useless, right? And the same half, the inverse will happen where we'll see agents that have followed a decent following, right? And then they're not consistently posting or they're posting all the same content that's boring and not engaging, right? And so when we talk about strategy, there's a content strategy which says, let's switch up our content. Let's do some light. Let's do some heavy. Let's do some seasonal. Let's do some... Uh, highly relevant, right? If you're in a high flood area and you're doing PNC and fl a flood happened, let's post some content about that, right? That so so that's kind of this relevant component there that's important. But then secondly, the content strategy is how do we get our content in front of people, mm -hmm. right? We need people seeing it, engaging with it, sharing it, commenting on it, liking it. And all those things help really spread the content, right? So if you get one of your customers to go and follow you on social media and you make that a priority and a part of your strategy, hey, we got to get our clients to follow us online. And we have to give them a story and a message and a reason to do that, right? And, and whatever that is, right? And we get them there. And once we get them there, then we have this really good content strategy. And we're publishing this content that they think is funny or engaging or shareable, share worthy right? And then they share it or they comment on it or they like it. And that spreads, mm -hmm. right? And, and now your, your message, your content is going beyond just your client who follows you and it's now reaching their network. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're really going to start spreading uh, online and starting to generate more following and more prospective clients. So you, you talk about, I, I, from the marketing communication uh, professionals that I spend time with in the industry, I feel like the content thing, a lot of people have down. We're going to go to content calendar. We're going to try and mix in some things that are very topical, but also, as you said, lighthearted brand awareness, show humanize the people that are working behind the scenes. I feel as though this, the challenge, however, is getting that message out. So do you have any other suggestions for, or have you seen anything that agencies have done to maybe go from zero to a hundred followers across platforms or hundred to 300, whatever that number is. Like, how do you actually get that message out there when maybe there might be only be one marketing professional communications expert on staff trying to push as much content out through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever platforms they might be using. Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple of things I'll say, one is centered around the content. If your content is focused on adding value you will naturally gain organic followers, right? Even if you start with 20, if you're adding value, then your content will be shared and it will grow organically without a ton of effort mm -hmm. on your part. So when you think about content, if it's all promotional, if you're just trying to get them to call you, you're just trying to get them to become a lead, then they're going to disengage. It's not going to be effective. So when you think about content, you're an insurance, we're talking to an insurance agent, you know stuff that I don't know about insurance. I'm just your average Joe consumer. I don't understand all of the facets of insurance. So if you could tell me something that I should know, you're adding value to me and you're not asking for anything back, right? So that's kind of number one is when you think about your content strategy, add value without asking for anything back. Number two, and this is a little bit more direct and practical and how do we get more followers, right? Most agents have a book of business, 1,000, 2,000, 500, whatever it is, right? Those are your, those are a great resource for followings, right? You want them to start, they're a great place to start. 
So get an email campaign out to them, right? It's that simple. You can use a platform like MailChimp, uh, SendGrid, ActiveCampaign. There's all of these tools out there. And if you have a marketing person, you can say, look, I want you to take some time today. I want you to go find a tool that we can create a campaign. We can upload our client list and we can send out this request for our clients to follow us. We can give them a reason to follow us, right? They're not going to follow you if you don't sell them on why they should. So give them a reason, put together some content, say, look, you should follow us for X reason, okay? And then a lot of these platforms like MailChimp, they have some cool technology that will allow you to embed a follow link into the email campaign so that wow. they don't actually have to go route out to your social page and figure out where to go to click the follow button, right? So if you guys do a little bit of research, you can find these tools and these platforms that can help facilitate that outreach and then make sure you're doing it. And I would make that a part of your process, right? Mm -hmm. I'd invite all my customers to follow me this month. And then three months from now, I would request it again, right? And three every quarter is not going to be crazy, right? Ask them quarterly and tell them a new reason why every mm -hmm. quarter. And, uh, and as you add new policyholders, invite them to when they're high and they're excited and they're up and on the agency, like get them, get them over to social and get them to follow you. So Make it a focus and it will happen, right? Whatever we mm -hmm. focus on typically ends up happening if we're smart and successful and driven, right? Yeah. So, so that Absolutely. would be kind of strategy number two. And the last thing, Matt, is boosted posts, right? This is a cool feature that Google allows, or I'm sorry, that Facebook rolled out where we can, we can go in there. Not, it's not like a paid ad, right? It's cheap. It's like 50 bucks uh, on, on like the basic level. And you could say, I want to take this post. If you have a really good engaging piece of content, you say, I want to take this post. And I want to get it to people that don't follow me. And by engaging, real quick, just to make sure, in case this is a new concept, engaging meaning like you posted something up, something on your company Facebook profile and you had like a bunch of people like it, right? Like this is the one that got more likes or comments or shares than the other posts you've done, right? Like you're saying, sure. take something that's on fire and put gasoline on it essentially, yep. right? Okay, yep, keep going. Exactly. And, and, and maybe you don't have that because you don't have a following, but you just feel like it's going to be engaging mm -hmm. and it's going to work. And that's okay too, right? If you're starting from zero, like whatever you think is going to be effective, let's run with that initially, right? So you take that post, you go through Facebook and you select this option to boost the post. And then you have the ability to set parameters on who you want to boost that post to, right? Facebook is a data machine. It's a big part of their their market strategy and why they're so successful is they have so much data on their users. And so you as an insurance agent have the ability to leverage that, right? And they're going to charge you for it. It all works. Everybody wins, right? But you could say, look, I want this post to go to this demographic in this area, you know, whatever those criteria are. And now Google says, or Facebook says, okay, we're going to take that post and we're going to go put it in the feeds of all these people. Mm -hmm. And if it's good content, like we said at the beginning, you're going to get some engagement. You're going to get people liking it, sharing it, commenting on it. And that's going to help you grow. And then they're going to say, oh, this is cool. This is funny. This is interesting. I want more of this. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of practical ways. One, build a list, reach out, just ask them, make it simple and easy. Use some cheap tools to help you do that. And number two is utilize the boosted post feature. Mm -hmm. Both things that we do with our social campaign strategies at Lift Local when we when we work with the client, so they are effective, yeah. they work. We know they work. And I like it the when I think about the cost when you're you're saying you know invest 
50 bucks into it, that's like one nice dinner a month, right? So if you're really trying to grow it, if I'm like, I'm thinking if I'm an agent and I'm just trying to grow my personal brand or get my message out there, that's a very simple, low, you know, not cost, cost, uh, uh, it's very cost effective, I should say, to be able to get this out. And you can track it, Matt, right? Like that's yeah. the big thing with marketing that agents are always hesitant about. It's like, how do I know it's working, right? Like you can boost a post and then you can go see all of the metrics around that post. How many people did it get in front of? How many people liked it, commented on it, are now following you as a result of it, right? There's really easy attribution to that $50 spend. Mm-hmm. And I imagine after you do some math, you'll figure out over time with some trial and error, which ones hit the mark the most. Uh, this is one area that you, I, I think you and your team really specialize in. Obviously, you work, you can work with agencies or you do work with agencies that have marketers on staff. But let's talk about an agency that might not have a full-time marketing communication expert on staff to deliver these types of experiences. Can they still be a successful or can they be successful with the support of an organization like yours that can help be that, that fill-in for that role? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you certainly... You certainly can be successful as a one, two, three man or woman show, right? I mean, it's hard. It's harder. I mean, whoever I'm talking to right now that's in that position knows it, right? You're wearing so many hats and you have to learn so many things and it's tough. But there comes a point when you say, man, for two, three, four hundred, whatever the cost is, I can outsource this and I can use an agency that has way more experience, that knows this world. And that can do it for me, right? And that's where we fit, right? As an agency is we're going to these clients and a lot of them do have marketing managers, but they are still utilizing agencies that specialize, right? But if you don't have a marketing manager, you don't have a staff member that can manage this in a pretty inexpensive way, less than what you'd pay a part-time intern to manage this every month, we can go in and we can do it. And the reason we can do it is we do it at scale, right? We do it, we've done it for thousands of agencies. So we can say, hey, we already know, for example, on the social side, what posts, what content is engaging, is working right now on Facebook. So we can now take that and replicate it, and cope, you know, brand it for your agency, make it personalized, but we know the message itself is working, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you've, you're kind of leveraging that experience, that knowledge, and, uh, and that capacity that we have to put time into it. And, and it makes sense. So I don't know, outsourcing, using an agency, especially for marketing with something that's always evolving and changing like marketing, it definitely makes sense uh, mm-hmm. for, for agents, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lucas, this has been so insightful. We, we've gone through so many different topics on how to amplify your brand online between different social media platforms, posting content, Google reviews. For someone who's listening today, whether it's an agency leader or an agent, they might be in a different role within the agency as well, or maybe even on the carrier side. Based off of everything you said, if you could give them one recommendation, they, they turn off this podcast, they feel motivated. What is one thing they can start doing tomorrow to really make an impact in their digital experience? Yeah, great question, Matt. I I would say that they have to try. You know, I think that and this goes beyond just marketing and it and it goes to be successful in entrepreneurship, right? Most agents are entrepreneurs, right? They're running an agency. And I'm an entrepreneur, right? And you have to try and you have to keep trying and you have to keep trying different things. 
and marketing especially, you have to be willing to take risks, invest dollars, try different things over and over and over again. And something's going to hit. And it's going to hit, but it won't hit forever, right? So we have strategies that work really well for us or for agents. And one day it just stops working. And sometimes we don't know why. And we say, okay, let's do something else. Mm -hmm. Let's try something else. Let's invest in something else. So you got to try. You got to be willing to keep trying when failure happens. It's hard sometimes, especially with agents who hire an agency and it doesn't go well. Right. We get that sometimes like I already invested in agency two years ago and I lost $3,000 and it was a waste. And it's like, OK, but when I was 17, I bought my first car and the tranny went out after two weeks. I didn't stop <laughs> buying cars like I got a bad apple. It sucked, but I still need a car. Mm-hmm. I still need to commute in my life. And so we live, we learn and we keep trying. Right. And hopefully over time, if you have two or three failures, especially with working with an agency, you could say, okay, I got to learn how to know a good agency from a bad agency. Mm -hmm. I need to go through this evaluation process to understand what I did wrong in hiring a bad agency. Right. Take some accountability. Right. And figure out how to change that and just keep trying. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And I think that that will make a big difference. I love it. This, I mean, this, you gave us so much information on how to amplify our brands and, and understand where the consumer's perception is. So my last question for you, and I, I will say thank you, I'll preface this with saying thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your wisdom. I, I know the listeners are going to really appreciate it. If someone wants to learn more about you and what Lyft Local has going on, how is the best way for them to get in touch with you and or your team? Yeah. So in the spirit of what we've been talking about, just Google Lyft Local, right? We're in in Utah. So Google Lyft Local Utah, Lyft Local. We're in Lehigh, which is kind of an interesting town name, but we're Mm -hmm. in Lehigh, Utah. So, or they can go to liftlocal.com and uh, we've got, you know, some good content in there to help you understand our products and services. But you can also, when you get on that site, you can just request a demo and you can uh, set up a time to chat with us or get your info over to us. And we'll get in touch with you and we'll talk to you about, what we think you should be doing and how we can help if it makes sense. Right. So. Awesome. Well, Lucas, this has been really insightful and eye opening. So I want to again, say thank you so much for joining me today on today's program. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Love it. Appreciate you. Appreciate what you guys do in the industry as well. So. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much, Lucas, for joining me on today's podcast. What I really took away from this is that there is still a large untapped opportunity for many organizations to really enhance their digital brand. And I think using either your own in-house services or an organization like Lyft Local to help support you in these types of efforts can really help build that brand awareness, begin to fill that pipeline with qualified opportunities, and just help warm these perhaps cold leads that many agents are currently working on today as we know that prospecting is probably still one of the number one challenges that many agents and brokers are dealing with today. I hope you found this program insightful. This is Matt O'Neill and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us on the Beyond Insurance podcast. Make sure to visit our website, beyondinsurance.com, where you can subscribe to this show using your favorite podcasting platform. While you're there, consider assessing your unrealized growth potential using one of our free self-assessments designed to help you maximize your performance. If you found this episode valuable, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. 
Be sure to tune in next time. And remember, your success comes when you maximize your potential through process thinking and process improvement.